The Tri-County Area Chamber of Commerce is a business advocacy organization serving southeastern Berks, western Montgomery, and northern Chester counties, as well as the Route 422 corridor. Our office has been located in Pottstown for our entire 90-plus years in business since 1927. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Chamber Chat with the Tri-County Area Chamber of Commerce. My name is Bill Vitiello from the Victory Bank, and I'll be your host for this podcast. Remember the last time you called your bank and heard... Press 1 to wait for the next available representative. Press 2 to leave a voicemail. Now, listen to the difference at the Victory Bank. Hello, Victory Bank. Jennifer speaking. Real people. No voicemail. Everyone deserves a victory. The Victory Bank. We exist to help our clients fulfill their visions and dreams. Member FDIC. Did you ever wish you had friends for business benefits? Well, you do now with the Ben Exchange. Stop by their website today at benexchange.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the interview portion of the Chamber Chat podcast from the Tri-County Area Chamber of Commerce. My name is Bill Vitiello from the Victory Bank. This podcast is also sponsored by the Ben Exchange, your friends for business benefits. My guest today for this podcast is John Whitehall from Sandler Training. John, Welcome to the podcast. Hey, well, thank you very much for having me. I sure appreciate it. Yeah, this is cool. So this is your second podcast My you've ever done. second podcast. Nice. Yeah, so you're yeah, getting yeah. out there. You obviously didn't hear the first one. So you oh, no. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, I did. I did. That's okay. why I was happy to have you on oh, this well, good, podcast. Good. You, got, well, thank you. you have a lot of great content, so I'm, I'm anxious to get in uh, sure, to it. So, sure. so, John, tell me about yourself. Well, I'm a, I'm a Pennsylvania native. Um, grew up in Greater Reading area. Went to Wilson High School. My kids went to Wilson High School. My grandkids go to Wilson High School, so we haven't we haven't strayed too far from where I was originally born. But you know, I had a uh, several different career segments, as you know, it's pretty common nowadays. I spent almost twenty years in the beer industry. Mm. Uh, my, you know, my big claim to fame is I was there the day that Yingling Lager was created. Okay. My son thinks it's the pinnacle of my lifetime achievement. So we have you to thanks thank for Yingling. <laughs> yeah. Well, some, right, some, che- something like that. Cheers. When you, cheers. When, you t- when you take the tour, my picture is in the brew pub. Okay. Well, cheers to that. I have my coffee yeah, mug well, full well, of whatever you. liquid this is, yeah, and thank you very much. We'll go from there. So yeah. yeah. And then I spent uh, I spent three or four years in the camping industry. It was a small RV manufacturer. And then spent uh, almost nine years in the firearms industry, and so the joke in my family is: okay, you've got you've got beer, you've got camping, you've got guns. Just <laughs> move to Alabama and get it over with. Pretty right? much, that, right? That type yeah. of thing. So I have a, I have a very diverse career path, and and the very uh, majority of my time has been managing sales professionals for almost thirty years. Okay. So how did you get into that then? You know, by default. I was in the beer business, and I, w- I was hired to be their operations person, you know, scheduling deliveries, ordering inventory, long-haul trucking, kind of the logistics end of that. And very suddenly, our sales director up and retired without notice. And then we went through a couple of bad hires, and everybody was coming to me and the company for answers anyway and they brought a consultant in and they said uh, well do you think you can run the company and I said I think I already am and so I became uh, director of sales and marketing and you know it's interesting that that title followed me or similar titles 
followed me along the way where same t sort of thing. I was, uh, I believe, vice president of sales and marketing at the RV industry, and then I was national sales director. So I've had a 30-year career managing sales professionals, but it wasn't until I bought my Sandler franchise that I really held a sales job, mm. and the two are very different indeed. Sure. Yeah. So why... Look, I might be asking a really obvious question here, but is there some companies that just don't have a sales process in place? Yeah. Why is the sales process so important to an organization? Boy, that's an awesome question. Well, typically, and you're right, I'll say, well, describe your sales process. And they'll say, well, Bill gets the order and he gives it to John and John gives it to Joan. And, you know, they describe something internal and very operational but they're really not addressing the actual sales process. What's taking place face-to-face? -face? What's the prospecting look like all the way through the whole process? So why you need a process is the same thing, the same reason that you need a process for virtually anything else. It's getting a predictable outcome that's repeatable time after time. But for people who manage salespeople, you know, you need a common language. To keep them honest, because sure. I'll tell you, when I was in the, in the in the business of hiring sales professionals over a period of time, I wanted them really, really smart, and that meant like borderline criminal smart. You know, <laughs> I wanted them to be able to figure things out. How do you get around barriers? How do you how do you get to where you want to be? And then, of course, there's a little collateral damage that you've got to put up with it, that kind of that kind of smarts. But if you don't have a common language, you can't hold people very much accountable. And that becomes a, that becomes a problem because when you're asking your sales professionals, how's it going? Oh, I got this meeting, I got this meeting, my pipeline's really full, didn't you see my CRM? Look at my reports. And they're managing this ball of goo mm -hmm. and they've designed it that way to keep their supervisors off balance, right? And, and try to keep them at least appearing to be really engaged, really doing a great job. So what kind of organizations or companies do you work with without saying names? Sure. Right, specific industries is what I'm after. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I've, I've, uh, I'm in the finance industry. I'm in the banking industry. I'm in the engineering space. I'm, I'm training a, a fairly large company up in Reading with their project managers who you wouldn't think as selling professionals. but. Mm -hmm. In fact, in fact, they do. I have a medical practice. Uh, I have a photographer. I have a, someone who's in the home remodeling business. So it's basically anyone who, who has some sort of a sales role. And when we really look inward at ourselves, everybody has some sort of sales role. Everybody. So, so I, my, my training really comes in, in two different ways. I have public training, which is for individuals. And many, many of these folks are entrepreneurs who are getting started, or they have a highly technical spec that they're selling, yet they know everything about whatever that technical piece is, uh, but they've never had to manage people. They've never had to really go out and sell it. And so I, I give people some adult education a little later in life uh, so that they're able to grow and flourish both as individuals and as businesses. And then the other side of it is uh, I work with companies who have a dedicated sales force. Okay. You know, and these are companies typically in the five to fifty million dollar range. You know, who have uh, that business infrastructure, mm -hmm. and so I go in and, and make really good sales organizations 
fantastic. So, so tell me about some of the talks that you do for the public. You say, I, I know some that are complimentary, but other ones you have to be groups of or whatever, but maybe kind of describe a little bit some of the things that you've gone over uh, from a high-level perspective sure, sure. In, in those. Well, it's interesting. When it, I, I, I give a lot of free talks. I pretty much have one on the calendar every other month or so, and it's a good place for me to invite people like yourself or, or any of our listeners to come see if I'm any good. Because sitting across the desk or at a networking event, it's hard to convey what it is you really do. So I, I invite them into, into my world to kind of get, get a feel for, uh, for what we do. But some of the topics that I, that I talk about, I talk about uh, the most famous one is, is a talk that all Sandler trainers do. There's 260 of us around the world. We all do a version of this talk, and it's called Why Have a System? And we start by just examining uh, systems, you know, like, um, do you have children? I don't. You don't? No. How about, how about our, our producer? You have children? How, how old? Uh, 18, 14, and 10. Okay, but go back to when they were really young, right? Three, four years old. Did you have a system at night to put them to bed? Of course. Yeah. Uh, and describe the system real quick. What was what was the system like? Uh, just getting people prepared for, getting people, getting the kids prepared for uh, their nightly routine of right. brushing their teeth, reading a book, right. uh, singing a song, and then laying down with them for a little bit until right. they fall asleep. And if you followed that process, what happened? They fell asleep. They fell asleep. And they expected it. Now, what happened when you changed the environment? Say you went on vacation or you're visiting family out of town. Chaos. Chaos. Why? Uh, because there was no routine. There was no routine, right? So we talk about systems. And I, I do a little role play, and I pull people out of the audience just as I did now. Yeah, there's nowhere to hide in my room. And, and I, I have people role play what it's like when you walk on a car lot, right? And, and I'm going to just preface this by saying not all car dealers are bad. Not all car salesmen are, are, are bad. But if you think of the Mount Rushmore of bad sales antics and performance, your car salesmen are somewhere on that piece of rock. So we talk about that. We walk through what it means, what some of the signals are, and why we're so good at putting sales professionals on the defensive. And the reason is we know everything they're going to say before they say it. So we've built this defense up against their offense that really there's no trust. Uh, it all happens very fast. They're trying to close. You're trying not to be closed. You're trying to leave with whatever it is you want, and that's fairly specific. But because there's no trust between the two of you, there's no real dialogue to find out what it is the customer really wants. So in my world, in my system, we teach how do we build trust quickly? Because without trust, there's no truth. Right? And without truth, there's no real pain. And we, we uh, Sandler's word for pain is really the reasons why people are buying. And if there's no pain, there's no sale, right? So if there's no trust, there's no truth. If there's no truth, there's no pain. If there's no pain, there's no sale. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my continuum. Uh, the other talk I do, which is quite popular, I talk about role and identity theory. And that the theory is that you have to have a, a, a really good self-concept. You have to be feeling good about yourself in your identity side to be able to perform well in your roles. And I do this thing where I have everybody in the room close their eyes and we go to a deserted island and I have them strip away all their roles and actually give themselves a numeric score about how they feel. 
and then we talk about what that means. And this has been very impactful for people. You know, on a scale of 1 to 10, we want to try to be 8 or above, and we want to do the things that we like that nourish our souls and make us feel good, because if we feel good, we're going to perform better in our roles. Yeah, so there's been this common theme with not only your podcast here, but past podcasts about the self-awareness piece and the ability for one to make change in their own lives. And -hmm. it can be difficult, right? It can be difficult for somebody to look internally and, and say, A, one, something's wrong. Or I need to change something, and then B, to actually change it. Yeah. To actually there, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of dominoes that have to fall for that to really work right. But you're right, we, we have to understand ourselves. And a lot of what we teach, particularly in the first couple sessions of any of our courses, we talk about our attitude, our behavior, our technique, and how they're all in, intertwined together. And that, But the first part of it is we've got to have our heads screwed on straight because our customers will detect when we don't. Mm -hmm. It's almost like an animal smelling fear sometimes. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, it makes total sense. makes total sense. So how many, uh, do you have a count of how many people that you've worked with over the years? I know I might be putting you on the spot here, but sometimes folks measure measure that. Individuals, yeah, I'm probably, I've only been doing this for about three and a half years, probably somewhere just south of 500. Okay. Still a pretty good number. Yeah, but I was a Sandler uh, client for six years at my prior company. So I have, you know, almost 10 years of experience within the system and, and working yeah. in tech. And I also know your approach is very individualized. Even though you do work with organizations, you mm-hmm. have the ability to connect uh, pretty closely with individuals and have it have meaningful impact for them. I, I, I tell anyone who takes my course, whether it's in a public or a corporate setting, uh, you know, I want them to feel like they know me. Uh, you're one of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I try to help them in any they can because well it just uh, helps people share a little bit more right I mean it's it's, there's a difference between talking to a complete stranger and then somebody you know a little bit sure just like when you begin a friendship you know you're you're not going to sit there and tell somebody your deepest darkest secrets but maybe three years later after you get a chance to know them yeah maybe and that and that's a great point because even three years later chances are I'll remember who you are and we'll we have this common language that we now speak about what it is we do and that's selling Mm -hmm. great Um, what else do you want to tell me about well, I have some. Uh, I also do uh, uh, personal coaching, both uh, on the uh, management side and the executive side. Uh, half a dozen coaching clients. Uh, we're all, frankly, doing very well. So great. I'll take a little credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I have some. I have some leadership and management training that's going to begin uh, towards the end of September. Really proud of that program. That uh, that's really going to do well. Uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, we appreciate you being on today, John. You bet. Well, thank, thank you for you. having me, and, and uh, thanks to you and uh, the, cha- the chamber here. Uh, you know, I have to tell you, uh, if you're listening to this and you're not a member of Tri-County Chamber, you're really doing yourself a big disservice by not joining. These folks really work hard for business. Uh, they're great at referring you to the people who you need to speak to in the community, and they're very, very active on, on your behalf. So yeah, thank you very much to the Tri-County Chamber for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I thank the Chamber all the time for you know me bringing up the suggestion and then us actually implementing it and, yeah. and going forth with it. It just, I think that speaks to who they are at both as individuals and as an organization. And I know I've seen you at quite a few networking events, mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to continue seeing you, you at some of these mixers and what have you. So 
Great. Well, thanks for being on today. Well, Bill, appreciate thank you very it, John. much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You're a great host. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I try, you know. I, I still, I'm still figuring this thing out, to be yeah, honest with you. You're doing great. So, but, uh, well, thanks, everybody, for tuning into the interview portion of Chamber Chat here with the Tri-County Area Chamber of Commerce. Once again, my name is Bill Vitiello from the Victory Bank, and this is, podcast is also sponsored by Ben Exchange, your friend for business benefits. If you'd like to connect with the podcast, please email us at podcast at tricountyareachamber.com. And until we connect again, all my best. Bye for now. Thank you again for downloading this episode. If you would like to stay in touch with your Chamber of Commerce, please visit our website. That's tricountyareachamber.com. You can also follow us on social media, on LinkedIn. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and now Instagram. You can also pick up the phone and call us at 610-326-2900. A live person will pick up the phone. It's once again on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, please consider subscribing to this podcast. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. So again, subscribe to this podcast and also turn on notifications where you'll be notified of new episodes. The Tri-County Area Chamber of Commerce, serving the greater Pottstown area since 1927.